Hello and welcome to the Quietly Visible podcast. I'm your host, Carol Stewart, known as the coach for high-achieving introverted women. And this is the podcast for introverted women leaders who want to thrive as leaders and in life. And today I'm talking about confidence and whether we should tell people that we lack confidence, that we experience imposter syndrome, that we're doubting ourselves, or whether we should stay dumb and keep quiet about it. And the thing is that many of us experience a lack of confidence at some time or another. Or many of us experience imposter syndrome at some time or another. In fact, there's something like um, 70% of people, and this includes men, women, introverts, extroverts, who experience imposter syndrome at some time. Um, that's reported in Psychology Today. And oftentimes when I'm doing webinars, I will do a poll and see how many people online experience imposter syndrome or self-doubt or a lack of confidence. On the webinar that I did this week, 86% of people online said that they experienced imposter syndrome. Um, Another one that I did last week, there were I think 93% that said that they experienced it. So it's, it, it is high, the numbers of people that experience these self-limiting beliefs. But yet, it's something that doesn't get openly talked about. And it's something that people won't openly admit. Well, not everybody openly admits because of the stigma that is associated with experiencing this but I wonder if if more people talked openly about it whether it would remove some of the stigma and whether it would then mean that people wouldn't feel so bad within themselves about it because if if it wasn't an issue in that you know people weren't going to judge or to um treat people less favourably because of it, then it wouldn't have so much of a hold on those people that do experience it. And if we did talk about it and enable people to openly talk about it, then it wouldn't have such a hold on people who experience it, as I've said. And that oftentimes when people do experience a lack of confidence or imposter syndrome, or doubting themselves is it's not that they lack the skills and the ability to do something it's just that that self those self-limiting beliefs are causing them to feel that way now i i i work with women who are senior leaders who will come to me for coaching and i would say with probably about 90 percent of them there is some underlying self-limiting belief that is getting in the way of them fully being all that they could be. So they're achieving great things in their career, they're successful leaders, however these, whether it's imposter syndrome, whether it's self-doubt, whether it's a a lack of inner self-confidence, gets in the way of them fully being 
who they can be as leaders and having that the presence and the impact that they would like to have. And once we peel back the layers and address those, those challenges, they then they then thrive as themselves in ways which they probably never would have thought that they could. And with my clients, it's not that they don't have the ability, it's not that they don't have the skills, it's those underlying beliefs that can get in their way of them, as I said, being as impactful as they want to be or achieving their full potential. And I see that a lot. People who are highly skilled, who have the knowledge, but they are not achieving their full potential because of underlying self-limiting beliefs. And if we were to talk about these things more openly, there would be no need for people to suppress what they're feeling or how they feel. And the reason why I guess we don't talk about it openly is because we think that people will judge us. And as a, as a people, many of us do that. If somebody said, oh, I'm experiencing positive syndrome, you know, they, they probably feel that people are going to, to judge them. And some people may judge them. But on the other hand, some people may not even give a, a hoot. Or some people, it's neither here nor there. What do you think? Do you think if we talked about these challenges more openly, it would remove some of the stigma around them and also how individuals see themselves? Because, you know, everybody is in their own silo thinking that there's something wrong with them because they're experiencing these feelings, these beliefs, this lack of confidence or imposter syndrome and not necessarily thinking that everybody else around the table may have these things. And because it's not talked about and it gets suppressed, it then magnifies the issue. Whereas if it was out on the table, it wouldn't be so much of an issue. Would it? And oftentimes these experiences are as a result of childhood experiences or life experiences that have shaped our thoughts and beliefs about ourselves, our environments or how we see and engage with the world, which doesn't necessarily mean that we don't have the ability to do certain things or we don't have the skills or the the knowledge to do certain things. But yet a lot of judgment is placed on people who maybe seemingly lack confidence. And and why is that? And I guess it's because people want to feel confident about their leaders and, and the people who they work with, their colleagues. They want to feel confident about them. And I guess it's all down to that. That security, but if somebody is good at what they do, but maybe has self-confidence issues, why should that detract from the fact 
that they are good at what they do. And if, if, if they were able to, to feel that, well, they may lack confidence, however, they're still great at what they do, and to feel that, that, is, that they're accepted, then maybe their confidence will not be so much of an issue for them after all. And when I do group programs or webinars or workshops around these sorts of issues, I can often see the, the sense of relief when people realise that there are others who experience what they're going through and, and that it's not just them because as I mentioned earlier it can often feel like you're the only one that's experiencing it and so there must be something wrong with you because you're experiencing it and then as a result of that it's like you you magnify my fight and it becomes more of an issue but when I get people in my, my group sessions to talk about openly about their fears because the first way to overcome your fears are to get them out in the open, overcome any limiting beliefs or a lack of confidence is to get that out in the open because then you you can then look at it in a more objective way rather than it's just me and looking at it very subjectively. But when you realise that other people are experiencing the same as you, it makes it not seem so bad after all. I myself have experienced a lack of confidence and imposter syndrome. And there are even times where it still may rear its head. But I don't let it stop me from doing what I need to do or what I want to do. And, and I think that is, is key. And for me, as a child, I lacked confidence. And my earliest memory of lacking confidence was just before I started school. And I remember going to visit the school with my mum and being in the school hall with all the other children to meet their children and to meet the teachers. And all the other kids were playing with each other. But I clung to my mum. I was too scared to join in. I lacked the confidence to do so. And that was the story of my childhood, my teens, my early 20s. I, I was quiet and I lacked confidence. And it was once I got to my late 20s and my son was six years old and I became a single mum. And I recognised that if I wanted my son to grow up to be bold and confident, I needed to model that behaviour. And so I started to do a work, lot of work on my self-development and I began to realise something. I recognised that I didn't actually lack confidence. It's that I was quiet and I was mistaking my quietness. I was introverted for a lack of confidence. Um, and back then I didn't really have that understanding that I do today. And because of the misconceptions around introversion that had and had led me to think that I lacked confidence. But once I I acknowledged that and I recognised that and I accepted myself as I was, a quiet, confident person, I saw my confidence level soar. And I see that often with a lot of my clients. Once we start to address those underlying beliefs, 
their, the way that they think and they believe about themselves, they too see their confidence levels soar. So what do you think? Should people talk about openly about their lack of confidence or, or not? Do let me know. I will be writing about this on my Quietly Visible newsletter on LinkedIn. So do do read the article and, and join in the comments there. Let's have a discussion about it and so that we can remove some of the stigma associated with it. And I mentioned the, me experiencing imposter syndrome as well. And there were two significant moments in my life where it stood out. Um, and there's probably been lots of other incidents where imposter syndrome reared its head. But because I'm, I now have that level of self-awareness, I recognise that it's getting, it's that. And then I'm able to challenge it. So the first big experience I, I remember of imposter syndrome was in my leadership role before starting my coaching business. And I'd got promoted over a short period of time from a first line manager to a senior leader. And I remember being in this new role and thinking to myself, they're going to realise that they've made a mistake. And I do talk about this on a previous episode about how um, I was expecting a call or an email to say, oh, sorry, Carol, but we made a mistake. We shouldn't have promoted you. But I then realised because of my self-awareness, and which has arisen as a result of the self-development I'd done over the years, that I was self-sabotaging. And I said to myself, if they think that I'm good enough to do this well, then I need to believe it. I've been through a fair and open selection process. So they believe that I'm good enough for the role. I needed to believe it myself. And then I did some self-reflection on what was going on for me. And I identified that there are two specific areas of my role that I was struggling with. And the reason being for that, because I hadn't had prior experience in, in that level of responsibility. And once I realised that, I was unable to get the necessary support to bring my knowledge up to speed so that I felt confident in doing that role. But I often see people who may be a similar experience, and that might be your experience, but different circumstances, but they write themselves off because of that, rather than breaking down and looking at well, what exactly is the issue for them. The second significant moment of imposter syndrome that I recall was when I wrote my book Quietly Visible Leading with Influence and Impact as an Introverted Woman and once I'd finished the manuscript I then had a moment of oh my gosh who do I think I am writing this book um, about introversion and the challenges that introverted women face as leaders and what they need to do to overcome it and then I started to think my, to myself well you know I have a master's in coaching psychology but I'm not a psychologist and you know what if psychologists read this and think oh gosh who does she think she is and again my self-awareness made me realize I was self-sabotaging and that imposter syndrome had reared its head and I, and I challenged my thoughts and beliefs about it. I had been writing for a, a long time, doing research um, around the topic. I have thousands 
of women share their experience with me, read my articles um, and talk about their lived experience to me. So it wasn't that it was pie in the sky. I'd also done a lot of research when I was doing the book. But if I didn't have that level of awareness, I may have not gone ahead and done the book. I may have finished the manuscript and then not submitted it. But because I recognised that and had that awareness. And I guess that's what I'm trying to say to you is, you know, you may have, you may sometimes feel that you lack confidence. You may at sometimes see feel that imposter syndrome has reared its head. However, that's okay to feel that, but it's what you do with that that will determine how you progress and how you move forward because you can recognize what it's go what is going on and recognize it for what it is and challenge your thinking around what whatever it is that you need to do and around yourself look for the you know look at your past experience and what you've done and and what you're capable of and rationalize those thoughts and beliefs or you can let it stop you in your tracks from doing that what you know you want to do and that you know you can do so now I will openly talk about my experience of imposter syndrome my experience of lacking confidence. I will hold my hand up and say, yes, there are times where I'm, it rears its head. However, I don't let it control me or what I need to do. And I recognise it for what it is. And as I said, we all at some time or another experience these things. And well, there may be some people that don't, but I would say, a vast majority of us do. But it's what we do with that that, is, that matters, whether we let that debilitate us and stop us from being the great leaders that you are meant to be, or whether you let it hold you back and place more because of it. And now I'm not saying that you go for a promotion interview or a job interview or you're in a board meeting and you, you you blurt out, oh, I'm not feeling confident or I, I'm experiencing imposter syndrome. No, I'm not saying that because other people may make a judgment based on that, which may stop you from getting what it is that you're wanting to get. What I'm talking about is just generally, if we have these sorts of conversations more openly to increase self-awareness about the issues that people experience as a result of this, the challenges, so that it's out in the open and it doesn't carry that stigma that makes people not want to talk about it and by not talking about it, magnify it, which makes them feel worse, which then has a, um, and then it becomes a vicious cycle whereby their experience, it affects affects their performance or them being at their optimal and they suppress what they're feeling or their emotions around it. But rather that we acknowledge that this is how we feel, acknowledge that that is how you feel, accept that that is how you feel. However, just because you think it, it doesn't mean 
that you have to believe it. And what many of us do is try to suppress those emotions when they're feeling anxious about ourselves and what it is that we need to do. We're lacking that confidence. We try to suppress it rather than acknowledging it. And by trying to suppress it, it, it then magnifies it because that then becomes our focus. And when we're focused on, on that, we're not focused on doing what we need to do or what it is that we want to do and doing it confidently. And the more you worry about something, the the worse it gets. And I see this all the time, uh, people who are maybe, they say need to deliver a talk or a presentation or some other situation whereby they are lacking the confidence, they're feeling that they lack confidence or they're feeling the imposter syndrome. And because of that, they start to rush through what they're saying, wanting to just hurry up and get it over with. Whereas if they were just to slow down a bit and they would feel more calmer about it and would come across more confidently. And it's easy to look at other people who we think look confident, they look courageous and they're out there and think, you know, they've got it all together. But We don't know what is going on on the inside. And I'm sure if you ask a lot of celebrities, people who are in the public eye, a lot of world leaders, whether they experience any of these things, I'm sure many of them will tell you that they do. Because after all, they're humans and everybody is fallible. Nobody is perfect. And we will all have situations that we encounter where we experience these things. And I recognise the me. It it is sometimes when I may be doing something which maybe I feel out of my depth, as in it may be something that I've never done before, that I don't have that experience in. And that is often where I've noticed it. But the solution for me is recognising that and, as I explained before, just rationalising my thoughts and beliefs about myself and the situation. So what about you? What do you think? Do, as I say, comment on the LinkedIn, go to the LinkedIn article I will share the the link in the the blurb that goes with this podcast episode and tell me what you think or or leave a, a comment and let me know what you think. Should we have more of these conversations talking openly about things like lacking confidence, imposter syndrome, self-doubt, perfectionism? the the self-limiting beliefs that often hold people back that is not a reflection of their skills and ability to do their role but of things that get in the way of them doing it at their best and by 
having these open discussions, increasing awareness as, as to how vast these issues are, will remove some of the stigma, which will stop people from magnifying it in their little silos. And as a result of magnifying it, it then be debilitating and hold them back from being all that they're meant to be. So as I said, just because you think it, it doesn't mean that you have to believe it if it isn't true. So thank you for listening. And if you are a introverted woman and aren't part of my Facebook group, High Achieving Introverted Women, then do find us on there. Or if you are a senior leader and on LinkedIn, then do find the High Achieving Introverted Senior Women LinkedIn group and join us there. And if you're wanting to increase your confidence, influence and impact, go to my website, aboundingsolutions.com. And there is a free assessment that you can complete that will give you some ideas of areas in which you can focus on. So until the next time, bye.